This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. Hey, you're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 232, brought to you by InStock Trades, the Summit City Comic Con, and iFanboy listeners like you. Oh! I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode number 232. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. You're angry today, Ron. A little bit. Yikes. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> and that's Josh Flanagan over there. How long do you think you can keep this up? Uh, this is how I actually really talk. <laughs> Where do I have to All go right. get the free dresses? <laughs> In, down there. Down, it's a visual, <laughs> that's a visual joke. Oh, come on. <laughs> we are from the website iFanboy.com where we like comics. We read a lot of comics. and Every week we come here and talk about the ones. We talk about the pick of the week that one of us has chosen as the best comic as well as anything else of interest that we feel like talking about. Stay tuned to the end of the show to find out if you are the lucky winner in the final iFanboy April-ish giveaway. It's a big you deal. You are the one who is the winner. <laughs> you are the one who is the winner. Before we get to the show, though, a quick reminder that we're oh going to be God. talking. <laughs> I told you, this is how I really talk. A quick <laughs> reminder that we're going to be talking about what happens in the books. So we might spoil it for you. If we do, 
I'm sorry. What can you do? Can you just say the name Hawkman? <laughs> <laughs> Meta joke. Hawkman. Anyway. Um, this week, Connor's got the pick. Connor, you went with the Green Lantern Corps number 47. Why? Well, it's like sports talk radio. It's awful. <laughs> it is. I can't believe they got him in the outfield. I mean, <laughs> what were they thinking? Green Lantern Corps was tremendous this week. <laughs> really strong performance from Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> the long um, the long pause where nobody says anything. I wanted to say that, uh, man, I'm trying to cut my, my books down because I had 19 books this week and I keep trying to make cuts and this is like this undefeatable, self-sustaining organic virus that is my pull list and it just it's keeps hard. growing. It's hard. Although later in the show, we'll talk about some books that are on the chopping block for me. Okay. So. All right. He's really going to do this the whole show. All right. Let's roll. <laughs> I would love it. And then I'll beat Jimmy two times. <laughs> Green Lantern Corps 47 was the pick of the week. Peter J. Tomasi was the writer. Patrick Gleason was the artist. And this was the capper for their run. They're done now on Green Lantern Corps. The uh, new team starts next month. We often talk about how endings are really hard, and not just in comics, but in, in, all, in all media. But it seems like writers can come up with a great beginning and a great concept, but then it's really hard to end things. But some writers are really good at endings, and I think one of those writers is Peter J. Tomasi. He ended this, his run on a, on a really strong note, and it wasn't a note of action and adventure. It was a note of decompression. It was a... It was the, the Green Lantern Corps coming to grips with what's happened in, the, in their last few years and the Blackest Night stuff and all, this, all the big events before that and sort of just having a quiet issue of reflection. There was a memorial service for the dead. There was a confrontation with the Guardians over their rules. There was Kilowog deciding he didn't want to be the trainer anymore and he just wanted to be a regular Green Lantern. And there was some great stuff between Kyle and Guy who I've really come to like both characters a lot through the course of this run. And... It was just all about quiet time. There was a yeah. lot, a lot. Ha- like, this is an extra. Like, this is a larger size than normal book. I mean, this was a tiring read. It was packed full of stuff. Yeah. It felt, but it was also just character stuff, which is stuff you need to have happen in order to care about these people that you read about, and you want, you need to be able to relate to these people. And and for me, the best issues are always the ones in between the big stories, the ones where the people get to reflect on what's happened and talk about how they feel, and that's the stuff that really makes them relatable as characters. And Tomasi did this a couple of, I guess a year ago, you recall I picked Nightwing 151 as a pick of the week. It was almost the same thing where after all the Batman RIP and all that stuff happened, those characters got an issue to reflect and just be themselves. And he just seems to be very good at sort of closing the book on his time on books where, you know, some writers just can't do that for whatever reason. Don't you Um, think it would have been better if all the Greenlanders had assembled in a park and just fought the whole time? (laughs) Just pushed it out? Well, just, yeah, just punch it, but like just pages of just a bunch of torsos of guys just sort of standing there awesome. in a park. And then Norman Osborn shoot. Anyway. Yikes. Oh, uh, secret, that's a secret invasion reference? It was a secret invasion reference. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. All right. It was an unsatisfying ending. Yeah, it was really unsatisfying. The, oh, re- Josh, the reference. You didn't, this, you didn't read this one, Josh, but. Ron, I got off this a while ago, yeah. I read it. I picked it up. I read it. I thought it was a really nice, you know, take a breath after all this stuff and just see where everybody's at and. And he know, he knows these characters so well, and he does a great job with them. And it's really sort of sad that he's moving on. Although he's taking Guy with him to his new book, Emerald Knight. And it looks uh, like it looks like him and Hal are going to throw down by the by the preview at the end of this book. Oh, they always um, yeah. they always they're always been fighting. But this was one of those issues that you really for me pays off all the all the events and all the things you go through to really just sort of explore the people that you come to know. Because at the end of the day, I don't really care about the fights. I mean, they're fun. You know, it's fun at the time, but at the, same, at the end of the day, it's the characters you care about. It's the characters that make me read these things every week. And it's issues like this that really make it worthwhile. And Patrick Gleason, he's been up and down a bit on this run. Some issues have been better than others, but I think it also depends on who's inking him. He had four inkers in this issue, but yeah. for the most part, it, it, worked, it worked out pretty well. There, there were a couple of shaky moments. There were a couple of shaky pages. But on the, on the whole, I think it was a pretty strong yeah. book art-wise. It was, just, it was just a nice, A, end of the story, end of the characters, because they're moving on to different books, and B, and C, end of the, the creative team. So I thought it was a nice way to end it for all these things, and tied together really well. And there's a lot of emotional stuff. I mean, they built a nice memorial, although it's on MoGo, and I don't know how you're going to visit that, because MoGo's a <laughs> sentient planet who moves around on his own. And then they started over. They had all these rings. If you recall in Blackest Night, all the rings, they, they hid them on MoGo. 
of all the dead lanterns in this issue. They let them free to find new lanterns, and, and Kilowog quit his post as the drill sergeant, and they confronted the Guardians about their restrictive rules about not being in romances and not having Yeah, that now lanterns can get it on, baby. Now, now it's just going to be fucking yeah, all the time. Yeah, just all the time. <laughs> in the streets of Oa. Um, I thought, I, I, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I thought, I mean, I, I feel like uh, the thing is with the Guardians, what's tough is that I feel like I've read the arguing with the Guardians like mm-hmm. before Blackest Night with the Alpha Lantern and stuff like that, like the, when the Guardians went crazy. So it kind of harkened back to that. It was nice to see the Guardians, you know, repeal the law, but I kind of felt like they, they they folded rather quickly. But yeah, but that's just me. Yeah, no, it was good. Like I said, it was it, this was immediate. This this book might have taken me the longest to read out of all my books because there just so much went on in it. But that's good. It was a, it was a satisfying yeah. chunk. At the end of it, I was just like, now I'm ready to move on. You know, it's like too often you go from one event to the next without any break. It just thrusts you right into the next thing, and there's no breathing time. And- I felt like I closed the book on Blackest Night and I'm ready to start the new thing now. And it really was because of this issue that I just sort of had that moment to breathe and, and take it all in, which is, I think, important. I think. That's a nice moment. Sometimes you need to take that moment. Yeah. And the other thing I, w- I wanted to mention was in the end of this, we had a two-page spread of Green Lantern and Emerald Warriors coming this year, which is a Jeff Johns thing. DC sort of has been doing it for more and more books. I really like the last page coming attraction. Yes. I think it's a nice innovation. They did it in the Batman books. They're doing it in the Green Lantern books. So they, did it in, they did it in Flash. I can't recall. But totally I really agree. like I really like this sort of teaser. We first like, got we first got this in in Justice Society. Yes. Yeah. JSA, yeah. and then he did it in Green Lantern. It was a, it was a Jeff Johns thing, but Tomas is doing it now, and Morrison did it in the end of his. He's a, he's a little teaser at the end of each issue of Batman and Robin. I really like that a lot. Yeah, I really do too, because it gives you a little glimpse without spoiling anything. It gives you things. It makes you wonder. You know, you see guy, you know, wrestling with the Blue Lantern elephant, and then you see guy screaming by the Red Lantern, and then the center is him and Hal kind of fighting. August twenty ten. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a bit of a ways off. It's a couple months after yeah. San Diego. Yeah, it's a well, lot. In Ju- July, you're going to be up to your nipples in Marvel books, so... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good you, point. Uh, I'm guessing that that period between now and August is yeah. pretty fast. Yeah, you, you might be right. Considering the period between January and yesterday, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we should go get hot dogs. Would you like to get a hot dog? <laughs> I'll, I'll get a dog. Okay. So yeah, Greenlantic Core was my pick of the week. It was all, all I look for in these books is these quiet issues, and they don't, they don't do them as much as they used to, and I really like when they come back. But there was another strong contender, and that was Scalped number 37, which I didn't think was as good as the first part, although it was very good on its own. What this issue had was the most shocking moment of the week, which made me feel it in my loins. Ooh. You know, wow. you ever you know you know you get like that tingly sensation if you're a dude, like <laughs> like when, when you're, you look like, out the window at the Empire State Building. Yes. Like when you're on the 73rd floor of the Empire Stable and you look out the window and you get that t- tingling feeling. Yeah, oh, stop. Oh, stop. Down, I had that below. same. <laughs> yes, Josh, I had that same feeling when I when they turned the page to the curb stomp. Oh, the curb stomp. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, you're, I'm, you're not wrong. I turned the page and it's just this graphic depiction of this guy being curb stomped and his teeth flying everywhere and his face oh. breaking. And I just, I literally, I got that same tingly feeling and I was just like, oh, and I, I, I literally closed the book. Yeah, it makes to, my I had teeth to hurt. Back to it. Yeah, it was. You um, know what? Well, it's funny is that that's actually a really interesting story choice because he went and he shot all. Like, sh- this is part two of Shunka. Shunka, the the gay Native American enforcer. <laughs> Shunka, uh, enforcer. Yeah. Shunka. Oh, it's uh, so. This is the. This is. I. Uh, it's. I. Ha- I almost wanted to say the best story he's done in a while, but they've all been good. But it's just like this one's also really freaking good. But like he went and he shot everybody, and then there's this last guy, and it's like he could have just shot him, but he didn't. He did that one extra thing. That's even Curb worse than him. shooting him. Curb stomped <laughs> him on the side of a pool. And then, you know, at the same time, then the end of this issue had... A twist. Which a, I didn't a real see. twist I didn't see coming at all. I mean, yeah. like, I love twists when you don't know the twist is coming. That's what makes them good. When you know it's coming, you know, you're just waiting for it, even if you're surprised about what it is. This is, it's double good when you're like, oh, oh. This was the pick of the week until I read Green Lantern, which is one of the last books I read. So it was very, this was almost it. The only other thing that I would want to point out about this issue is that this cover... This is not everybody's cup of tea, but the jock cover on this one, like, just look at it. It's like this raw, impressionist sort of drawing. You know, there's like the paint, you can see it smeared and speckled. Yeah, there's a couple on. different art styles going on here. Oh, Mike, I love this cover. I've been staring at it the entire time that we've been on this show so far. Mm. <laughs> so I wasn't paying attention. But it's just, it's wonderful. It's just so simplistic and good. And man. David Fernow, the artist, draws everybody very angry. Yes, he does. With a with a steel jaw, it's good. No, I, I think he can fill in whenever he needs to, and it, it doesn't really lose a step art wise. No, this is a great sort of perfect package. And the end, the last page was Shunka sharpening his knives, and Shunka. it sounded kind of like Shunka. Shunka, yes. 
Steve, it did. <laughs> yeah, great. Really nice two-parter. Really nice two-parter. Yeah, and it was like a two like it's one of those things like when you read a really good two-parter, you're like, man, that that works in a comic book. You know, mm-hmm. we don't get them as much anymore because well, I blame I blame Ed Brubaker, but <laughs> why do you blame him? I don't know. I just figured he didn't, like, he didn't bring on the six issue arc. He didn't, but he's the guy who like when I think of people who who stretch things out maybe more than they should, I think of like Daredevil and some of the Captain America arcs of late. Some of them. Well, yeah, exactly. But like that, he's he's like the poster child for that in my mind yeah. now. I know he's not the only one. Yeah, where you get that in a little bit though. Oh, so- I wish something important had happened. Can you not make a snide comment every time I talk about next book? I'm not talking about you. <laughs> well, no, you know what's really interesting is that when Connor posted his pick of the week, a bunch of people started talking about X Force. Yeah, and I was literally like. How did anyone even know to read it? Well, well okay. Well, here's here's did the deal. For, read this book? Well, I thought was what I thought was interesting well, is it's that part I, of the crossover. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the next chapter in the second coming crossover. They are getting a okay. Well, a couple of things. First off, I've gotten a lot of emails and comments from people in the past couple of weeks asking why don't I talk about X Force on the show? Am I reading it? That sort of thing. I have been reading it. I've just never deemed it like. I, and I might have mentioned this on the show, but it just has never moved me in either direction. You've been a big fan of it. Yeah, I'm not. Well, the thing is, X Force has a certain art style. They've chosen an art style for this book which is that you know that darker kind of you know computer animation-y video game-y kind of look and I, I the thing is Mike Choi drew this uh, drew this issue and I don't have a problem with Mike Choi I think it's more the coloring that so- Sonia Obak's doing on the coloring side and it's a decision that they've done for the look of the book so anybody who complained about the art on this book or complains about the art on the book that's how they feel that said I know people who love the like the Clayton Crane was uh, did a bunch of uh, did a run on this uh, on this title and he really kind of set the tone for that look there's some people who love his work I'm not a fan that's a personal thing but I've read X Force it just hasn't moved me in either direction like it hasn't been awful enough to talk about or been great enough to talk about that said it, when we pick books I and mean, the people may not know this like yeah. we want to make sure we have something to say right exactly it's not necessarily this sucked yeah or whatever but if it's sort of neither right exactly but now that said i finished x-force uh number 26 this week and i went oh this is going this is we're, we're, we're talking about this issue for two reasons one because the big thing happened and if you're won't care about spoilers and you haven't read it yet press pause come back later but they were teasing one X-Men will die in, during the storyline, and it happened in this issue, and, and it was Nightcrawler. The one everyone predicted way back when they teased it. Yeah. So now, my thoughts on this. I Let's reflect as I look at the, the passing of Nightcrawler. I finished reading it, and admittedly, I didn't see it coming. Now maybe I'm a sucker or whatever, but I thought that the story handled it well. Like they, they, you know, they delivered it kind of well. I'm okay with Nightcrawler being dead because I kind of feel like he's been aimless for the past 10 years. Ever since they introduced the, introduced him becoming a priest and stuff like that, I kind of feel like Nightcrawler hasn't really had a purpose, really. And like those are the kind of characters that you can put the bullseye on. It has meaning because he's been around for so long. You know, like I, I'm, I'm generally I'm okay with it. I'm at peace with, with Nightcrawler dying. That said, I think this was the weakest chapter of this of the Second Coming whole thing so far, but. I think Second Coming has been fantastic, and they're doing an X-Men crossover right in that they're building momentum. A new issue comes out every week with a different title. If you're an X-Men fan like I am and buying all the titles anyway, they're all tying into each other well. This room, like I always go back to Extinction Agenda because that was my first X crossover, and that's the one that I, that I lo- like the most. This reminds me of that because I feel like the tension in between issues and the tension in between scenes and the, the, there are stakes. Like we always talk about whether like the previous X-Men crossovers, I never felt like there, there were no stakes involved. You know, like it was just another thing that happened to them where this one really feels, you know, it's got the dramatic tension up. Now, this one suffered a little, I think, because of the art style in X-Force and because it's starting to spread a little thin. I'm starting, like, I'm starting, I, I get to a certain point, I'm like, wait, okay, I have to go back and remember why did that happen, or, or like, there's some ambiguity into, um, like, the New Mutants. Shan got hurt in the last issue, and I don't exactly know what her injury was. I think her leg got cut off, but I can't tell. You know, and that's not good. Like, they never actually say what's, they, they never actually stated what happened to her. So there are, there are little missteps here and there, but ultimately, it's still delivering, but this has been the weakest of, the, of, them, of them all. Are so you far. saying it's thin because there's not enough story for all this issue, or is it thin because they're not covering it well? Well, no, because I think, I think what they're doing is they're, they've, got a, they've, got the, they've got the X-Men in full force. They've got a lot of characters at play, and they're trying to go from scene to scene, and the things that are tying threads aren't actually getting tied. They're just kind of getting loosely thrown together. In some points, points it's really strong, but in other points, they're, you know, for me, if I don't know what's going on, then you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, at least I believe. Not that I'm this well, great that, comic book reader, you, but you know, you, you do know. multitask. Yes, a lot. I know, I so, do. But but I'm sitting you're, down. You're I mean, driving while reading this particular episode, am I right? No, no. Um, <laughs> but 
but honestly, this was the first book I read this week, and I can't tell you I've never read X Force as the first. You know, I read the the book I'm most excited for is the first book I read. This is the first book on my stack that I read off of because I'm so excited about this crossover, and I didn't think the death would come this early. And it's just, you know, Bastion is building up to be a really great villain. And the best time the, the, when the X-Men are, are, are at their best is when there are lots of people who want them dead and they're on the brink of, of it happening. And that's where we are right now. You knew it was going to be Nightcrawler because he was the only one in the first issue complaining about their ethics. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I part of me, part, my personal prediction was it was going to be Cable because I felt as if he had just run his course. And at this point, he's got to be super old because he just spent 17 years time hopping with Hope. So how old is he? You know, so I thought there would there like cable was just gonna finally we're gonna finally close the book on cable, which would you know, which I don't think anybody would complain about. So I, that's why I was shocked to see Nightcrawler. But now that you say that about the complaining about the ethics, you're right. Sad went out with an arm through his heart. Bastion was reaching out to grab Hope, and he teleported right in, and the arm went right through his chest. That'll leave a mark. Yeah, but his his, his last a- his last act was he teleported Hope back to San Francisco. He got her there. So the old Vision special. Yeah, but so re- rest in peace, Nightcrawler. It was a good run. <laughs> so you don't feel because it's funny because I heard about it like I just I like heard there was a thing so I went into the comments and I you know I found the spoiler immediately and I just thought eh I mean I, I don't know like it feels like I, I haven't been following X-Men at all but if uh, like did he need to die or was it just a thing to make somebody die well no, the whole the whole idea the running the running theme of this story is that Bastion and and all the, and all the other guys, Hodge and Trask and all them they realize that there are less than 200 mutants left mm-hmm. they're not they're not going to be more mutants this is our chance to wipe them out and the whole theme of this story through five chapters is that we can't let anyone die because there's not enough of us and last issue somebody died they lost their teleporter who didn't really matter you know what i mean like it, it almost seems like someone's been dying in every issue that's why it's kind of so weird they made such a big deal out of it. But it's always been that character where the teleporter – I couldn't even tell you what the teleporter's name was. I think it was Ariel or whatever. I don't even know what, char- what team she came from. She was just one of those extra characters in the background. Uh-huh. But now they – you know, Nightcrawler is a big deal. I mean he's – that's one of the – Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. So I mean – so it gives, it gives the stakes of what's happening in the story weight. I think it's it, – I don't think it was a meaningless death. I think it was they're in battle and shit happens and he was protecting hope. That's what they had to do and he died. You know, so. Well, there you go. Yeah. Ron, you're reading Northlanders in I issues. Am. I too. am. Yep. Northlanders number 27, part seven of eight, speaking of long stories, of The Plague Widow, which I, I haven't been reading Northlanders all along, but I started with this one because I really like Leandro Fernandez and I liked the first issue a lot. This was a great issue. Yeah, this you was probably so? this, this was probably my pick of the week. Interesting. Uh, and here's why. I What there was in this, uh, basically there's been this big confrontation coming between these two characters for a really long time. And this is totally like melodramatic. There's no... You know, there's not a, a ton of subtlety to it, but basically, in this book was a most of this was a giant fist fight between these two characters, like the one reprehensible, horrible dude, and the one sort of weird fanatic priest guy. And they both they're Vikings, and they both throw down their weapons and they go at each other. And it reminded me of and and Connor, you'll know what I'm talking about. It reminded me of the fight in Deadwood season three, I think, when Dan and and then um, Major Dad's man, you know, what I'm talking about Gerald McGraney. Yeah, yeah, but like his man, like his. his oh, yeah, his, his, his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had this fight out in the street, and it was without weapons. It was just this wet, slapping punch, you know, like fight. And it was just so gruesome. And this reminded me of that. And like, so they just throw their weapons down and they just fight. And I thought it was really well done. Uh, you know, like this between the sound effects and the panels and the page layout, I thought that uh, Fernandez did a really good job. And it was just, it was just like a, a good confrontation of this to, to sort of. The climax of the story. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, I, I'm enjoying this entire arc. I love Fernandez's art. I think that the eight issue arc of it, like, I'm feeling a little tired. I might you know? have missed one or two. Okay, I'll oh, be honest. Go. There you but go. It yeah. And it didn't really matter. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, like, I, I, I'm feeling a little fatigued with this story, and that, I think that's part of it, though, because of it's so cold and the winter and the threat, yeah. the threat of violence and what's going on. You know, like, I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm almost feeling the way I should be feeling. You know, if that makes any sense. It's still not comfortable, yeah. though. But it's. Yeah. Right. I think this will make a very nice volume. I think the really cool oh, thing about Sword Riders is yeah. that you don't have to read all of them. I, if you want to read this story as opposed yeah. to reading the other story, like you can, and right. that's really cool. But they're not connected in any way. No. Yeah. Are they? I think yeah. maybe they are in a very, very loose. And I vague. haven't seen any. No, kind not of even. Trades. He, they're not connected at all. He's so only. He's only. He's re, he's revisited that first character, Sven. 
and that's that's it. And then the other one, the, aside from the the multiple stories about him, they're bouncing all around years and regions and things like that. I, I can't I'm, I can't I'm, find a thread. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. But I think this will make a really nice trade. I know what you're talking about. Seven months is a really long time for one story to happen. Yeah. No, but but in, but uh, it's gonna be a nice thick eight issue worth trade. That's gonna be great. It's it, yeah, I agree with you. It's gonna be a wonderful uh, little graphic novel there. And it just it felt like a Viking book should be. Yeah. Just dudes beating each other up. Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody else get Random Acts of Violence? I did, and I haven't read it yet because it's so because right. it's thick. Prestige well, it, format? Yeah, it's, it's prestige format mini graphic novel. I think that's how they're calling it now because yep. the prestige format is sort of dead. One shot. Uh, Seven dollars for seventy-two pages. It's a complete story. It's from Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, and Giancarlo Caracuzzo, who drew the uh, Last Resort. Right. Image What's put that? it out, right? Yes, and. I don't want to spoil it because Ron's not read it, but it's basically a horror story mashed up with the comic book industry, so it's very inside baseball. It's meta, right? It's very meta. I it's heard. very meta. It's very yeah. saw in the comics world. It's, I heard uh, the uh, the Mark Wade Vermont story is in it. The Mark Wade Vermont story is in it. Is Mark Wade it's, okay with that? I don't know. He's not in the book. Um, <laughs> yes. The, the main I don't, I don't. I don't know what they're talking about either. Audience. The main st- <laughs> well, you have to read Random Max of Violence. You'll find out. Yeah. Or <laughs> if you search Mark Wade Vermont on CBR, I think you'd find it. It was on. It was on Cup of Joe a few months ago. The main premise is these two indie comics creators hit it big with a horror book about a serial killer named Splatterman. I think. I think it is. And through a series of unfortunate events, people start emulating Spider-Man in real life, and it gets back to them. So I don't, I don't want to spoil it for Ron because he hasn't read it, but it was fun. It's, it's, it's sort of in the vein of The Last Resort. It's a little bit funny. It's a little bit gruesome. It's a little bit exploitative, but it's, it's in that 70s sort of – if you like The Last Resort, you, you'll, you'll, I think you'll definitely like this. Yeah, admittedly, this book, and I picked up the second issue of Last Days of American Crime, which, is a, which I think is 48 pages, a little thicker, and I didn't, get, I didn't finish those in time. Like, I, I read I that one first. Yeah. Little so. much. I haven't. Got, I haven't read it yet. I'm going to read it tonight. Little much. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The, if you like, I mean, I think Ron, you'll like if you like that stuff. If you like the comics industry, there's lots of it's. There's, there's a lot of very sort of okay sort of conversations. Like talk about Jordy Bernay for a little while. Nice. About, <laughs> you know, talk about. Is it working just Palmiotti or is it Palmiotti and Gray? And Gray? No, it's Palmiotti and Gray together. Yeah. Okay. They don't. Yeah. He doesn't. Palmiotti doesn't do anything on his own that I can think yeah. of. He's, he's okay. done now. So it was good. It was good. If you like that stuff, you like it. It's a big thick. You know, it's it's seven dollars for seventy two pages, which is twice as three, more than twice as many pages as a regular comic. That's great, and I, and I like that Jimmy guy. He's a good fellow. <laughs> I'm gonna go get the that. papers. Get the papers. <laughs> Stumptown. I thought Stumptown number three. <laughs> the long pause. The delays are hurting the book. There's yes. no way around that. And I thought the art was really rushed in this issue, despite the fact that I thought there was some fantastic panel work, especially when she Layouts, when yeah. she got hit with the gun and the panels went all wonky, like she did. But on the other, on, on the whole, I thought the art took a big step backwards. Yeah. Um, and I thought the story wise, it was hard to follow since you know I couldn't tell you the last time the issue came out. So it's, that's yeah. the tough thing. About this they're book. trying. They're trying. I mean, you know. I, it didn't bug me. I know what you're talking about. There was a couple. There's a few places in the middle where it, like she was. Sleeping and like when she got home and she fell asleep on the couch, it just the production of it just seemed a little different. Well, what actually, I, this whole section in the middle, sort of the middle pages. What what I think is interesting, if you go in the back, there's a Matthew Southworth, the artist, wrote a little wrote the back matter for this issue, and he threw he threw in some of the pencil art. You see some of his process, and he's talking about working on the book, and he's kind of journaling the delay. But on the first page, on the bottom, there's a focus on the bag of peas that she uses to ice her head when she comes home. And he says, I had more fun designing this package of frozen peas than anything I did on the whole issue. I spent about two and a half hours on it. That might be a reason why. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, but I want an artist to do stuff like that. Yeah, but the thing, yeah, but the thing is, you got, time. exactly. The thing is, is it's yeah. a, you got to balance that. You got to. I mean, but that said, I mean, I don't know why the book was delayed though. Right. Yeah. He doesn't really say that in there. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. He doesn't say maybe he got the scripts late. He had to do it in a certain amount of time. Yeah. You know, we don't know. Yeah, that I, and I do agree the art was a little rough, but but I gotta admit the the two page spread when she's on the park bench, the whole big oh. wide spread, I did like that. That was really nice. Yeah. So and they, I think there were mo- there because that's the thing, there were moments that remind you of how you know of how great the first issue was. You know, and so. he talked yeah. about he said he talked about that. Like yeah. in in that thing he talked about sort of the artistic pro I really like that little essay yeah. that he wrote. Yeah. Where he talks about, you know, like he really wanted to hit that beat, so he did it in two page spread and things like that. And you really like look at how those trees yep. are done. They they look completely they're like Bob Ross and that you they look completely and then you can see the brush 
yeah. the brush strokes and everything. Nah, I don't want to compare his art to that, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Connor will get all up on your grill if you talk I about Bob I didn't Russ. lose. I didn't. I didn't lose the thread of the story at all, actually, because it was. Pre- I, I really like this character. I'm. I mean, listen. I'm totally whatever Greg Rucka wants to do. I'm totally fine with. It. I'm almost like I'm not in a position where I can be asked to criticize the man's work because I love the man's work. <laughs> uh, whatever reason and so like i was just i was happy to have it yeah i mean i'm no chris neesman maybe i am chris neesman i think you are I'm, you're getting I'm there but without like being creepy towards the man himself i'm yeah. just talking about the work so uh where, where else would you get greg rucka's work from you could probably get stuff from in stock <laughs> trades i imagine they have quite quite a selection of greg rucka trades and collections and stories things like queen and country God, you should get those. Seriously. <laughs> Up to 37% off the cover price on things like that. You can get free shipping for any orders you have over $50, and it's reasonable if you don't go that high. Uh, over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock. Also hardcovers, omnibus sigh, and everything's available. Um, I don't like that. Okay? We're picking a basket full of trades. Uh, new releases are listed every single Wednesday, and orders usually ship within 40 hour, 48 hours of the time that you order them. Get to www.instocktrades.com for all of your collected edition needs. And I'm not using Chris's made-up slogan for this. Yes. That doesn't exist. They never told us that. They are also part of the Summit City Comic Con, which will be this May 22nd. If you need any help, that's the day after my brother's birthday. If that helps anyone out, <laughs> go to Fort Wayne, Indiana, and go to www.summitcitycomiccon.com. And who's going to be there? All sorts of artists, sort of the, the Midwest Chicago contingent of artists will be there. I know that Mike Norton is going to be there. And Jim Rugg. Rug aphrodisiac, you need to get that. Yeah, just go, just go to some city comic con, buy aphrodisiac, get Jim Rug to sketch in it, and go home. That's all you need. No, stay and look at the other books and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. A lot of, a lot of good talent there, and you'll, you'll probably, I'm guessing like that's the kind of show that you'll go to, and you'll, you'll find great deals and be able to get really good stuff and and good FaceTime with people and stuff like that. So yeah. if you're you're hanging out somewhere in the middle of the country and you're like, ugh, I'm so sick of all this corn. Listen, you could drive there. They should have called it the Flyover Con. That's what they should have called oh, okay. it. Okay. I didn't say that. Garrison <laughs> number one from Wildstorm. We're, we're, we're pushing through that one. Yep. The entire time I read this book, I kept thinking, Mr. Garrison? <laughs> the whole time. The homosexual underworld. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Just that whole scene. How you um, going to know, man, unless you've been fucking ass? Oh. 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 Hey. <laughs> A man always likes to make more of himself than he is. Especially in the homosexual underworld. Clayshaw. Yep. Well, that's, that's what I heard the whole time. This was very confusing. Really? Yeah. I liked, I, I liked the premise of it quite a bit, but I, I, had a, I had really trouble following the... I thought scene to scene, it, it was very sort of choppy. All right. I said to people, hey, make sure you check this out. I picked it up. I was very excited about reading it. I, I really like Francisco Francovia a lot, and, I, and I, I don't know what they did to his artwork here, to be honest. I, you know, like I'm looking at it. I'm trying to figure I'm like, something ain't right. And then I look at some of the stuff that I've seen him post online, and I just I don't know if it's the colorist or the production. He inked, or something. It, he inked it himself, so you're, yeah. you're, at that point you're down to the color, yeah. the color, and then the printing. I, That's your I think options. the color wasn't wasn't so great. It was who's the colorist? Was, uh, somebody I'd never heard. Jeremy Shepard. Yeah. Jeremy Shepard. It's Jer- just like when you look at the faces, like it just looks like just sorting out this Photoshop thing. Not that I know how to do flat. it. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't quite work for me, and and it really did take away from it. I thought. The page layouts were fine. I, I didn't mind the story, but I could have used a little more. Uh, it was okay. It was okay. it was just it was okay. It was the concept wise very interesting. I'd probably read the second issue, but the story wise, there was a lot of leaps between scenes with stuff missing in the middle, mm-hmm. which yeah. I guess didn't bother me as much as. What's well, the first issue? Stuff. Is it a mini or is it an ongo? Mini, mini. Was, yeah. All right. Amazing Spider-Man number 629. I've been very gushy for over the past year, plus seeing the praise of Amazing Spider-Man. I get a little critical here. I love Lee Weeks, by the way. Lee, He's fantastic. Fantastic. He should be on an ongoing, like, tomorrow. Um, He's something somewhere with involved yeah. in Spider-Man. I love a Spider-Man Juggernaut. I love it. I love Captain Universe. This is a two-issue story. <laughs> uh, you know, love, do you love Roger Stern? Uh, the, the amazing <laughs> Roger Stern. He'll be appearing at Ithacon in September. Um, his own Roger Stern, um, but uh, yeah, this this Captain Universe Juggernaut Spider Man story, like the, the, it just there's a lot of retreading, and this could have been two issues. It, it, I, uh, I skimmed the first yeah. couple, like I got through yeah. the first couple pages of the yeah. first issue of this arc, and I was like, oh no, no, the art is great, but the story yeah. is the like this the, the story is particularly in this issue, like basically last issue, I don't think we needed. We, this could have been the uh, two two issues, and you're out. 
But whatever, Lee Weeks made it worth it, so that's good. For some reason, I've decided to pick up Invincible Iron Man number 25 because I've heard good things, and I figured it, had the, it was the first Heroic Age bannered book, and I thought this is probably a good jumping on point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought I'd jump on, and I read it, and it sure enough was a good jumping on point. They pretty much recapped the entire first 24 issues in this one issue. They set, oh, the, new, they set the new premise for Tony Stark and Iron Man, and I'm not going to keep reading it. Uh, well, I'll tell you why. I don't know what Salvador LaRocca is doing, but it's not for me. That's what I thought after issue one. Yeah. When I dropped after issue one, I just the art, I can't get behind the art. I can't get. I can't. I just can't. I can't have it. I can't have it. I can't have it. Yeah. He's gone now. Josh, you still He's reading gone. it? Off and on. No. I. I mean, I'm. I'm Did not you get this issue it. or no? No. 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 I'm not reading the issues. I'll, right. I'll pick up this. I might pick it up later. Collected kind of thing. But I don't. I don't. I don't hate the art, but I don't like the art. Yeah. Like it's there. Some yeah. things it works. I just for. remember LaRocca was really good. Not that he's he bad. He's drawing. Mean, he's he's yeah. doing painting, photo referencing now. Yeah, tracing. Yeah, Augie would Augie would have a field day with this. Yeah, and his photo so tra- his his photo tracing um, <laughs> so crusade. Anyway, have you Eight. guys read any of these eighteen books? No. Yes. Are they worthy? Con- they are. They're yeah. good. The War Stories books. They're pretty fun. Cool. Yeah, they're written by Chuck Dixon, I think, for the most yes. part. And the art isn't the greatest, but it's serviceable. They get the- it's the job done. They've been tons of fun. I mean, the BA one was really fun. The face Eric one was fun. Eric Burnham is the co-writer. I just want to get, yeah. give him credit as well. I thought he was the artist. No. Okay. Uh, whatever. This week was Murdoch number one, and it was it was really fun. Like it's one of those when you have a character who's kind of wacky, it can go either way. Like you can they, they can be really annoying about how they write them and portray them, or that you or they can just do it in such a way that you you think it's fun and it's funny. And it was it was fun and funny. This was a great story about like his days back in, in the Gulf War before he was institutionalized and why he was institutionalized. Cool. Um, I love Murdoch. Murdoch's my favorite it, character. It was. I'm telling you again. This is another case of those licensed books that don't have any right being as good as they are, but they are. They've got good people writing them. And, I love. I love the bias at licensed book equal bad. Because because for years, no, I know. Years, I trust me. I know. Yeah. I just find it I can tell you the the the, the time that I formed that. I remember. I was in a comic shop, and this is right when IDW was brand new, and there was a S.H.I.E.L.D. book out, as in Michael Chiklis' The S.H.I.E.L.D. And I was like, I'm a raging S.H.I.E.L.D. fan. I was like, I'll get this, and it was horrid. Like those 24 books, you remember those, Connor? Yeah, well, exactly. Yes. Same, yeah. So the Battlestar Galactica books that Dynamite did. Like, they're yeah. not good, usually. Yeah. But IDW specifically has definitely been turning that around. Well, they started, um, they started doing the bad lights. I mean, there's the 24 books for IDW. Yeah. yeah, no, they no. totally. Yeah. But they for got, years, they, they sold them on the license, not on the talent. Now, right, it's, yeah. now they have to get yeah. good people on the books. I think they worked up to it. Yeah. They were like building capital with just the license, and now they, yeah, that, they, yeah, that's more business. But, 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 yeah. but when they, I don't know if they collect all these or, I can't imagine they're selling out. If you're in the shop and you liked the A team, like these are worth getting. Yeah, uh, they're also one shots. You can you can. Yeah. There's one for each member of the A team. If oh, you know the A team is kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Wait, old joke in there. Really good. <laughs> all right. So our last book is Captain America six hundred five, and something really special is gonna happen on this title, or I'm gonna drop it. I. It's over. Yeah. Wow, I'm you were cut. liking this arc. I, I the art was like like I realized this time that they've officially taken Frank Diarmada off the off the color. Yep. It's uh, Dean, and it's, it's Dean White who's not who's no slouch. It just doesn't look good. I, I, I don't know what I mean. I, I don't, the art Luke Ross Butch guys. It's not working. They don't work it, well together. Yeah. Because the, the thing is, I I used to criticize Luke Ross, and I realize it's probably the inker because because I've seen him do other books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think again, this is a problem of him trying to ape Epting, and then an inker doesn't fit his work. But yeah. like, if you look at his, he was he did he did great stuff on Jonah Hex. He had a good issue yeah. of Spider Man. It's just I think that whatever he's doing to to emulate the style of Captain America isn't working. And it's funny is when the first issue of this arc, Ron and I didn't like, it and Josh really liked it. And then now I, I I'm I'm liking it more now than I did before. Now I, I guess it just it just I just don't care. I mean, and it I, might be, it might be because it's Bucky. Like that might be that might be it. But like this, or it might be because it's Crazy Cap and Watchdogs and all that kind of shit. But like I, maybe because there was delays. But I find myself like it was one of the last books I read. I don't care about it. Anymore. I think that the, there was also some. I think some of the dialogue and there was some. Oh, oh my God! Bucky punched him and goes more like Captain Unamerica. There you and go. I was, and like, I was like, really? And I'm like, really? I don't. Is Edward Brubaker doing this anymore? Because yeah. this does not have at all the same tone of the book that I fell in love Someone with. Someone else writing this. <laughs> the book that I have spent years, literally years, sewing. My God, you have to read. You have to read Brubaker's Captain America. Yeah. Like those first two arcs, like you have to. Yeah, he and says this it's, doesn't feel he, the same. He says it's over, Captain Unamerica. Well, yeah, that was rough. That was rough. To me, no, to you me, stupid. <laughs> to me, the whole problem with this book, and I, and again, I, I enjoyed this issue. I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it. 
is the, the the concept is flawed. I think is that they've got, there's no point to Bucky being Captain America anymore. Yep. Yep. And so the, the you start from the flawed premise and you go forward, you're in trouble. You're flawed. Yep. Anyway, so, so uh, it's on the chopping block. If it, if the next arc isn't good, I might I might say is, goodbye. Which is so sad for me. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got me on. You sold it. You got me on. Connor yeah. did because he bought me the the hardcovers. He got yeah. me too. Yeah. He bought yeah. me the trades. You son of it's a all bitch. my fault. All right. What did the community think? Akamu reviewed Detective Comics 864. He gave the story a 3 out of 5 and the art a 3 out of 5. And 0.15% of the fan base made it their pick of the week. And Akamu's entire review is, I was more interested in watching Arkham deal with the inmates in the cafeteria than I was reading about his interaction with Batman. A lot of setup has gone into Arkham's fall. But without a spectacular creative team, the story isn't very exciting. The art is good, but not earth-shattering. All in all, this is a very averagely good Batman book. And given the arcs that have preceded it, it's very, very boring. And I think he's correct. I dropped it. Didn't get it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, out. I, I, I'm out. Yeah, I, I don't very, want to read. Very average in all, in all ways. Yeah. That's almost worse than bad. And I, yeah. I was like, I, it just had the stink of like, you, you, have, you have Rucka and Jock or Rucka and J.H. Williams leave the book. And it's like, what, whatever you're going to follow that up with. Whoever was coming next was screwed, yeah. no matter yep. what. Yep. And uh, it was Jeremy Hahn, who I normally like, but yeah. I thought it was, whatever, they did, his art style was different and it was not very good. Yeah, I'm out. Um, very average. All right, our next book was reviewed by Jimmy F. Nineteen eighty two, who reviewed Ultimate Avengers two number one. He hates nineteen eighty two. He doesn't know the A team is because he was born nineteen eighty two. He gave the story a three out of five and the art a five out of five, and one point nine percent of you people made it your pick of the week. And his entire review, his entire review was meh. Didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Having little or nothing to do with the Ultimate Avengers, this issue and possibly this arc could just be another Ultimate Mini unrelated to the Avengers Ultimate franchise. Lanil Yu's art was spot on, fantastic as always. I just can't figure out what the Punisher and Street Crime has to do with more global problems. Miller usually tackles in his Ultimate books. I agree, Yu's art, uh, Lanil Yu's art was great. It was great to see him again. Um, The story was just whatever. (laughs) <laughs> to me, the weird thing was calling it Ultimate Avengers 2, because yeah. it's, so, it's already so confusing. It's so Ultimate confusing. Ultimate Avengers, and now you've got Ultimate Avengers 2. Call the team something else. They've total, Just, they, I think they've blown the Avengers in the Ultimate Universe concept that it's, it's, it's over. That's well, pretty amazing. Is, I, I've enjoyed all, I enjoy all the books. You know what's a pisser? I, I think Ultimate Avengers is a great book, but the problem is it's just, it's just why call it Ultimate Avengers 2? You know like what's, Kenny X-Men 2. You want to know what's a pisser? Is no. that the indicia in the back of the book says Ultimate Avengers number 7. What? <laughs> That's bizarre. <laughs> God. Oh, Ultimates, it's over. Uh, go to ifanboy.com slash comics, and you can do your pull list, and you can write and review books, and write or use review, and then um, this show will come back and make, read your review. So you want to do that. You want to get in there. And if you're on ifanboy.com and you do a pull list every week, you might want to think, hey, how do I make sure ifanboy stays around for a long time? Well, you can help out. We appreciate everybody who's helped out. iFanboy listeners like you are the folks who keep us going. How can they do that, Ron? They can do it very easily. Click on the banners on the website. Just, you know, our people are paying to advertise with us. and, and uh, Try their products. Yeah, try their products. Frequent their websites. Just click on the banners. Just sit there for 10 minutes and click every banner you see. It'll be awesome. Or, you know, when you're coming going to the movies, click on a Fandango banner or your movie tickets in advance. It all helps out. Go to iFanboy.com slash Amazon. That's where we got our Amazon store where you can buy things from Amazon like books, like comic books, novels, DVDs, video games, clothes, uh, intimates, whatever you need is at Amazon. <laughs> Go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon and it helps us out in the process. You can get shirts. We've got some Fear Agent shirts left. Not many. A lot of them A lot of them were shipped. We saw people on Twitter posting that they got their t-shirts. Very awesome. So much so that Mr. Rick Remender is jealous and demanded his shirts. He doesn't have his yet. He doesn't so have his yet. Yeah, you got your shirts before Remender. So yeah, take that, Rick. But so, yeah, so go to ifanboy.com slash store where you can buy a Fear Agent shirt and you can also become a member there. Uh, our membership program is awesome. They're the people who are eligible for the giveaways. We're going to be doing another giveaway at the end of the show. We're going to be doing some more in May and June. So you definitely want to become a member so you're eligible. You can sign up for $4 a month or $42 a year and that gets you uh, a free comic book from our collection as well as pins and stickers and iFanboy swag. Um, or you can sign up for 10 bucks a month or $100 a year and that gets you all that fun stuff plus a t-shirt. So go to ifanboy.com slash store. We thank everybody who's helped us out. We really appreciate it. You guys realize there was a backup story in Captain America? No, no man. Yeah. Never read it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I refuse I refuse to acknowledge Girl Nomad, by the way, or Girl Bucky, whatever. Just Girl Kirk, women in general. Yeah, for women. Oh, oh. So every month at ifanboy.com, we have the book of the month. That's where one of us picks the best trade paperback collection, omnibus, some, something big and thick and meaty. Yep. We pick our favorite one of the month. This month, 
Ron had the book of the month. Coming in a little late. It was a rough month. We're sorry. Uh, but uh, this April's book of the month was The Rocketeer, The Complete Adventures, uh, published by IDW by Dave Stevens. And this is one of those educational books of the month. Uh, uh, hey, Connor. Hey, Josh. Uh, yep. Do you guys consider yourselves fans of comic books? Yes. Yeah? You I've, like I've, I've been known to dabble. Yeah? I, I don't know if I'd call myself a fan. Do you have The Rocketeer, The Complete Adventures in your collection? No. I don't, but I think I have an issue somewhere. You need to go get it because this is one of those legendary titles that you hear talk. I've heard people talk about the Rocketeer over drinks at cons and things like that. And it's one of those great works that for years you couldn't get in a collected edition. And thankfully, IDW finally collected it and gave it its due that it's worth. I read it before? I had, not, I had never read it before. Actually, and I mentioned this in my review. If you go to iFanboy.com and click on the review, which will be there uh, for a couple of days uh, <laughs> until the May book of the month shows up, I mentioned that my, I knew The Rocketeer first by the Disney movie, and a lot of you might remember yes. that. In the early 90s, uh, Jennifer Connelly uh, was in it and some other people, and it was the guy with the helmet. Billy Campbell, I think, was, was the Rocketeer. Billy was Campbell? Was, wasn't he the, in Melrose Place? That the was his Scottish character's guy? name. That was his character's name. Yeah, I think the actor's name was Billy Campbell. I think he was the Rocketeer. Yeah. Anyway, so um, you remember you, you recognize the rocket. By the way, I was in Disney recently, in Disneyland, and I, I was frantically looking for Rocketeer stuff, and all I could find was one popcorn cart, like selling popcorn, where there was a little Rocketeer model that was like cranking the popcorn wheel. It was very I'm odd. Su- I'm surprised you found anything. Yeah, I know. It's so not, was I. It's, yeah. not, it's not that current. And I took, I took a video with my phone, and as I'm taping it, the girl selling popcorn is like, please don't tape that. <laughs> like, please really? stop working. Yeah. I was like, oh, sorry, and I ran. I got lost in the crowd. <laughs> Anyway, why? I have no idea. Anyway, they don't let you record anything, do they? Yeah, yeah, it's very weird. But anyway, so, people walk around with their kids. So, the, so for those of you who don't know, Dave Stevens unfortunately is no longer with us. He's passed away a few years ago, and he's one of those um, indie comics talents of the '80s who honestly didn't get his due. The Rocketeer appeared in the ba- in, as a backup story in some indie comics that you never heard of. And then uh, in the early 80s, they did one story uh, in Backwards. I forget the comic that it originally appeared in. But then in the late 80s, they did another story that they published like two or three issues and then stopped. And then Dark Horse finally printed the last issue like five years later. So it was like one of those things that just it just couldn't get the backing behind it. And if it wasn't for what IDW's done with this collection, it would just get lost to the back issue bins and, and to the stuff of legend. What IDW's done is they took those two stories, they recolored them with Laura Martin on colors at Dave Stevens' request before he passed away. So not only is it the original art, but they look so much more vibrant than the original stories and totally like it totally jumps off the page. This is a fun story. It takes place in the late 20s in L.A., very L.A. confidentially um, kind, of, kind of feel to it. There's a guy who's a pl- he's a stunt plane pilot, and he's on you know not doesn't have a lot of money. It's a depression. He's got a girl who looks oddly like Betty Page, who he's trying to impress, but she's she, oddly like yeah, she is, she, Betty she is Betty. Her character's name is Betty Bob. too. Yeah, that's his girl, and they can't seem to make it work. And she's trying to be a model, and there's some rich photographer who's whining and dining her, and he stumbles upon this jetpack, and this jetpack happens to be this top secret jetpack that the Nazis are after, and so he dons it and decides to become the Rocketeer, and it's just like pulp action adventure story it actually kind of reminds me of ex machina with the great machine minus the science fiction angle because it kind of the helmet yeah, and the and, like it. yeah it looks a lot like i was like oh uh, brian hey vaughn hmm. and dave stevens <laughs> dave stevens art was just his layouts were great his, gorgeous gorgeous his design work it's so like the helmet itself i can't it, like with the fin and everything like it's so 1930s of that era design this book just hit for on all cylinders and i this is the book that i strongly urge everyone to have in their in their collection while you can i went and looked up for the special super dish yeah now sold out i tried to get that but i couldn't get that i love the movie and I, and so I remember when the movie came out, it was the, it was the early 90s, I believe, wasn't it? it was like, yeah. It was like it 92 was, or 91 or yeah. something like that. Yeah. My friend and I, I remember we, we, we got an issue. I think they must have put some comics out at the time. I think we, we bought one or two. I remember I remember distinctly reading Rocketeer comics in the early 90s. So I remember yeah. enjoying it. I liked the movie. So I probably will check this out. Um, yeah, it's it's so good. I mean, and just from, from a comic standpoint, it's just straight up pulpy stories, but like with great, very, um, Dave Stevens' art style was very cartoony. You know, like, it, you know, it's, 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 but of like that, it still has that indie feel to it a little bit, like that, that early 80s indie comics kind of stuff. They're all the, like when I think about it, all these comics that we're never get, will never get reprinted that we don't even know about, you know, yeah. like that we never even heard of that were probably great. <laughs> what if there's know? some other 
kind of comics. That, <laughs> I've never heard of. Um, heard it's of almost. Before. It's also like in the, the movies of that era, the movies yeah. of the twenties and thirties. There's, there's tons and tons of movies we'll never see because they just yeah. they never made copies and the film disintegrated. That's just you know that's yeah. the sad thing about the passage of time. And they yeah. every, everything the BBC shot. Yeah, and they did this. And they did this great, like you said, this deluxe edition, this beautiful hardcover edition. I actually reviewed the the normal hardcover edition, which is which yeah. is way cheaper, which is only like you know like twenty four bucks or something like that. It's still it's a little oversized. It's got the little ribbon pay, bookmark. Like IDW does did a good job, great stuff. And this summer in around San Diego, they're going to be doing a even more special edition. Oh, um, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one you want to get, Connor. And, Sign and, me up for that one. Yeah, exactly. I talked to Scott Dunbier about it in, in San Francisco, and and they're gonna you can pick it up in San Diego, I believe is the plan, and it's going to be like they did with the on the the Stranger Paradise on the buses, and it's going to have it's going to have like a slipcase and have art and like prints and stuff like that. It's going to be really really nice. But Dave Stevens is is a, a great comic creator who did his this is his work. And then he went and did movie stuff. He did movie storyboards and things like that. And and really, you know, I imagine a lot of comic readers wouldn't even know these comics existed. So um, it's definitely one that you need to have in your library. Go pick it up while you can. Good stuff. Cool. I want. I'm gonna get it. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, cool. Yeah. So go to ifanboy.com. You can read uh, my review, and you could get the Rocketeer. You can still get it at Amazon. I think they have. They might have it in stock trades. Um, they do have the the, the one you the reviewed, not the deluxe one, but the one I reviewed. Yeah. One. So cool. All right, and so and Josh has the book of the month in May, right? You know what you're gonna do yet? How did I get that? Oh, we switched. Damn it! Yeah, I got it. I read <laughs> it. I'm ready. All right, awesome. On to the emails. I get a month our, off later. No, on to the emails. Our first email is from V. Adam Owens, and he writes and says, "What did you think of <laughs> Avengers Forever? Found it cheap. Should I get it?" And Ron is laughing. Because... Is it, did you do this on purpose? Did you? Yes. You? 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 Um, you? I was one of the reasons why the the book of the month was a week later than normal, in addition to the grueling con schedule that Connor and I and Josh survived in the past six weeks. And I say Josh because he was home editing the shows, so Ugh. a little hat, tip of the hat to Josh was because I was torn between the Rocketeer or the Avengers Forever hardcover that I got in the, in the great Amazon sell-off. Uh, <laughs> I love Avengers Forever. It was probably the book that cemented my interest in the Avengers as a team. I was never a big Avengers guy, but I was oh, a big, really? I was a big Kurt, Kurt Busiek fan who wrote it. And on a whim, it was a maxi series. Um, and, issues, yeah, yeah, and and uh, not not LaRocca Pacheco. Carlos Pacheco did Pacheco. the art. I think it's Pacheco's best art, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I love it, and that was very close to being the book of the month this, uh, in April. Avengers so. Forever is kind of the end of the classic storytelling. Yep. Mm-hmm. It yeah, was in that transition really period good. between the old style, like 80s and 90s storytelling, and the new modern, you know, more realistic style. That was sort of the, the, bri- the bridge time. Yep. You like that, though. You can, buy, you can buy any of the stories that Joe Casey did of the Avengers since then. Sure, yeah, good yeah. point. They're, they're very much in that flavor. But, um, you know, it, it really made me like the Avengers like because it, it pulled his heroes from throughout the time stream. Kang yep. was in it, made me love Kang. So, yeah, any story with Kang. Kang! It's going to be good. All right, our last email comes from Joe G from Baltimore. It says, do people still write letters to the editor in comic books anymore? And if so, yeah. do editors still respond? Case in point, I'm a fan of the new Die Hard comic, but there were a few errors, I suppose, that I caught and wanted to write an old-school letter to the editor. In number eight, they get Holly's, John's future wife, last name way wrong. That's important in the films, and to have it wrong here in the backstory smacks of writer Howard Chaikin getting a synopsis of the franchise and not actually seeing the four films. Well, that's Three a, films. That's an assumption. Three films. Uh, aren't there four? Three. Only three. Oh, okay. Move yeah, on. no, die, there's four. Three. Oh, you're not Only counting three. the fourth one? Was the fourth one so bad? There was no, there was but, no fourth but, Right, yeah, that was the one that was PG-13, right? Yeah. But no Kevin Smith film. was in that movie. There's no fourth film. Anyway, back to the email. There's there's a missing scene involving her as well as as well as, as well well after she calls the police. I wrote something on Boom's uh, Facebook wall about it, but nothing. Hmm. This is also the case with JSA Blackest Night, with the relationship between Power Girl and Kal-El V2. Is it still cool to drop a line in the companies anymore, or is it a waste of time because the editors can't be bothered to care? Well, the book's already out. <sighs> the day I mean, of the no, the day of the no, the day of the no prize is over. Um, yeah. There, uh, it's tough. It's the, almost the, like they have too many avenues to communicate at this point. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that you're. The thing is, is that. What are you trying what, to accomplish? Yeah. What do you want? Do you want to be told? Yeah, you're right. We got it wrong. Yeah, you're right. They got it wrong. Like I, I mean, like it's a little nitpicky. I think a little nitpicky. Well, let me let me ask you this. I mean, like. Uh. Does that stuff matter? Yeah. Does that stuff matter to you so much that you have to tell somebody about it? Right. I am not that kind of reader. I, I don't care. I can come here and talk on the show about it. I can talk to you guys. It's kind of fun. Yeah. I can't imagine wanting to write in and be like, you got this wrong. Right. Uh, but that said, they still do have letters, columns, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, and I, don't know, I, don't know about, I don't know about uh, Boom. They might have to, I don't know. Well, you wrote it on their Facebook wall. 
I yeah, can definitely. I mean, I can definitely see being annoyed that they got a character's name wrong. That seems like something sure. they shouldn't get wrong. But yeah. I wouldn't see myself being so annoyed that I'd write a letter about it. Right. And you know? do you want to see your letter get printed, or do you just want to let them know so they get it right? If so, go to their website and email them. Let them know. And I got to give you talk about letter columns. Letter columns still do exist. Uh, Eric sure. Larson still runs several pages in the back of Savage Dragon. Ben, ben, Bendis still Bendis does in Powers. Kirkman Invincible. A Fantastic lot of, Four has letter columns. I was going to say a lot of Marvel books. Fantastic Four, Punisher Remember. ones that I read. Yeah, Remender always does letter the letter columns. Doesn't Spider-Man have one too? Uh, yeah, Spider-Man has one too. Yeah, so Mar- DC is the one is really the only company that's really abandoned it. DC amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, DC was just like later. Yeah. Um, all right. So if you have a question, email us at contact.ifanboy.com. And we're doing no voicemails this week because I had to do the book of the month. But if you have a question, you can call us on the voicemail line at one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. So yeah. Yeah, and this is the end of April. It is the end of April. How, where does wow. the time go? Right. Yeah, and and we had our giveaway month in April. Where we gave away a big prize at the end of every at the week of every month. It's getting to the end of the show. Can you tell? Yes, I can. Um, this is the final prize of the month given to an iFanboy member. You have to be a member to be eligible. Is the big stack of my DVDs, which a lot of people were hotly hotly anticipated. The Who month. wants I, Connor's garbage? <laughs> I converted to Blu-ray, so stuff I didn't need any more DVD. I was giving away, and it includes most of the DC animated films, a couple from Marvel, two Hellboy films, and also a bunch of audio dramas from Graphic Audio, which cool. are cool. So it's a whole, it's a whole big multimedia package. It's, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven DVDs plus five audio dramas. So that's a bit, that's a lot of stuff there. And the winner ah, of that ah, package ah. is Richard Toussaint. Nice, congratulations, Richard Toussaint. Toussaint. So, I, uh, I believe that So, yes. Get a package in the mail soon. Yes. So, if you didn't win in April, fret not because we'll have some more stuff coming towards the end of May and June, some things for you to win. So, become an iFanboy member. That's the only way to win. And you also want to go to iFanboy and listen to Don't Miss, our other podcast that comes out every Monday. Go to iTunes, subscribe to it. That's a podcast where we talk to a creator about a book that's coming out this week, the upcoming week, that you can you might want to not miss it. This week, uh, our friend Chris Neesman talked to the writer Chris Roberson, who wrote iZombie, the new book with uh, the new Vertigo book, along with art by Mike Allred. So you're definitely going to want to check that out on Monday. And you can check out the special edition podcasts that we do. Those are the ones when a movie comes out that is from a comic book or somehow vaguely related that we want to talk about so there it is we make that call you can listen to the losers show that we did this past week it was this past week right yes Maybe it last, was last whatever. yeah it's yeah, in the feed week. it's in the feed so you can get That's it there. Fine. Yeah. coming up next iron man 2 a little movie you might have heard of i am i've committed i'm going to see iron man 2 at the midnight imax showing on thursday night jesus Exciting. how old are you i don't we're gonna find out because <laughs> either either I'm going to be great or I'm going to be a wreck. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like five, eight years ago, I was like, now the idea of going to midnight show, just uh, I don't want to. Yeah. But I'm rolling. I'm rolling. It. I'm rolling deep with like a, a crew like 15. It's going to be that crazy. Sounds awful. And we're, and we're all we're talking about uh, wearing suits. Like oh, you're like oh, Tony Starking it up. I'm jealous. Actually, that yeah. sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I go at 11 a.m. by myself. This is turning into Ron Connor and the Old Man Show. <laughs> it really is. It. Yeah. So yeah. So so stay tuned That's for Iron Man Two. <laughs> I would go. I would get behind that. Check out iFanboy.com. You can read my Pick of the Week review. You can read Ron's Book of the Month review. You can read all of our new writers writing every day. Lots and lots of new content. So much content on iFanboy.com. So you check it out multiple times a day so you don't miss anything. Good that's happening. You can check out our social network links, ifanboy.com uh, slash about. You can find our Facebook and our Twitter and all this stuff. Follow us there. Become our friend. We, we like having friends. You can also check out Word Balloon, which is John Centris' podcast. It's also found at iFanboy now. So check that out. All of it available on ifanboy.com. And we do a video show every Wednesday for the last how many years of our lives? Three years. This last week was C2E2 Part 1, the, our look at the Chicago Comic Con. And this week is Part 2 because we had so much material couldn't fit in one show. And, and I want to thank everybody for the kind words about the show. A lot of really nice people enjoyed it. They let us know and give it up for Josh for editing that monster, having not been there. Good job, Josh. You know what? Some people could talk a little less. <laughs> oh, okay. we, just, we could just tone it down a little bit. We, don't even, we, don't, we, we don't even know and, the half of it until next and, week, don't we? <laughs> and if, if they could talk about something that you could actually get art for, that would be great too. <laughs> These are these are the kind of unique challenges that I live with. Listen, three two complaints. You you I know I'm really bad. I'm tired. You never call or write anymore. Why don't you? You should call. That's eight 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 fanboys three two six two six nine seven. Leave us a voicemail with a question, something like that. Keep it. Don't. This is not, the voicemail is not preponderous. I think that uh, yeah, I know what you're gonna say. 
Uh, <laughs> Keep it at 30 seconds, yeah. Because we're not going to play it if it's really, really long, and then you'll have wasted your time. Um, and then let us know who you are and where you're from, because that we like to know that. It's interesting. Or you can write in at contact at ifanboy.com for all sorts of stuff that you might want to ask. Or you, For example, if you believe that we got, if Con- we said Connor Kirkpatrick, <laughs> and you think that that was an error and you want to write in, write a letter to the editor. Do it. Yeah. Although it's that? more fun. To- uh. You did. I called him that last week. It was like, I was like, Hunter Kirkpatrick. <laughs> uh, so that's what you should do to yes. contact us. And hey, listen, you like what you're listening to? Tell somebody about it, all right? Or go to the go to the iTunes and write the review. That helps people find it, all right? Let's help. We need you to spread the iFanboy word. All right, that's all you I got. What? I'm not asking. I'm not asking. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I love that hey, call. And you know what? Go get your fucking shine box. Oh. Oh. Wow. Oh. <laughs> all right. So that's how we're gonna go. So until that's next time, much. I am Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. I'm Josh. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty It's just I don't shine shoes no more. Maybe you ain't heard. <laughs> You've been away for a long time. Maybe maybe they didn't <laughs> they didn't go up the river to tell what it is the line. They didn't go up to tell you. Uh, listen, he means no disrespect. Let's all come have a drink. Uh, it's on the house. On the house. No, it's on the house. Drinks are on the house. Yep, on the house. You mother. <laughs> God, I love that movie.